This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Uh, should we ever stop saying that? I don't know. And should we keep saying our names? Yeah. Well, I'm M. I'm Jen. I, and I don't know. I, as we hit episode 21 here, at what point do we not introduce ourselves? Don't fucking care. Well, I think Emily. people might just like live. <laughs> you mean your name doesn't change? <laughs> it, I've thought about it. Well, okay. Maybe you should tell people about the spelling of your oh name. Oh my God. So when I, okay. So, well, most people don't know how my name's spelled though. That's true. Tell okay, them. So my name is Emily, but it's spelled E-M-M-A-L-E-E. But when I was born, my parents spelled it E-M-I-L-Y, and they did not switch the spell. I mean, like, legally went to court, switched the spelling of my name when I was in fifth grade. And because if that doesn't give a kid an identity crisis, I don't know what does. <laughs> and then that's how you become a therapist. And that's because I wanted to be called Emma because the Spice Girls. Oh. The Spice Girls were super hot. It was all about was baby Spice. Was she your favorite spice. one? Of course, I like the pigtails, I like the lollipops, I want to be Baby Spice. So I was like, oh, just call me Emma. But Ooh. my mom didn't like that. She Ooh. didn't want to call me Emma, so she would put Emma Lee. <laughs> so then she, they legally got it Listen, changed. that, it makes so much sense, and that's how that takes us in. You know, I always um, chose Ginger as my favorite because I felt like no one liked her. Oh, God. And you I, like, would. rooted for the underdog. Of course. But, okay, then I'd be honest with you, then it would be scary scary oh. or sporty ginger was definitely not the underdog no one likes no ginger left i think she peaced out and i was like ginger what's going on with you i feel bad want to talk thinking about you okay but don't you think either sporty or scary were the underdogs i, I mean sporty's crushing it these days do you think that's internalized sporty is crushing it this way but don't you think that is internalized um racism Ooh. and homophobia that's oh. sporty and <gasps> scary you think so i don't know that, I mean, that could take us into a whole other we topic for today. Thing. That's not what the episode is about. <laughs> but 
But words for thoughts, Spice Girls, and what they bring up for internal bias. <laughs> but this, this episode is about how we came to Ew, be. It's about us. Which is which, very uncomfortable for frankly, us. Frankly, I can't believe people want to hear this. I cannot believe this is our most requested episode topic. Um, this is going to be very hard for us. We're not used to talking about ourselves. Clearly. And this, in general, this entire podcast has been exposure therapy and being getting better oh my about God. talking about ourselves. But this episode, we're going to we're gonna see how it goes. Yeah, so so many people asked us if we could talk about our story, how we created the Westchester Therapy Group, how we met, which yeah. I know we've talked about a little yeah. bit. And I think a lot of this goes to people who would say, do I want to go into private practice? Yeah, right? it's so, a, a lot of people exactly. are thinking so about Exactly, so whether that's therapist. therapy, whether that's PT, whether that is speech pathology you know like there is um i think a lot of agency that we enjoy with having the ability to like be our own and be our own bosses and i think some people really want this but it's really scary to make that jump so we're gonna talk a little bit about how we did it so first m Tell me, (laughs) tell me what made you want to become a therapist. Okay, so I didn't. (laughs) I always wanted to be a teacher. From my earliest memory, my mom said my favorite thing to do was always play school. I always was like, guarantee I'm going to be a teacher. When school for education was all about being a teacher. Then started out in my student teaching and said, I will literally die. Um, And uh, I think about after, uh, yeah, one week of (laughs) teaching, I (laughs) was like, I got to get out of here. I hate this. And really, that's because I just wanted to hang out and talk to the kids. Yeah. I didn't want to do the lesson plans. There's a ton. I mean, what teachers go through and what they get paid to go through, that's insane. Um, and like the red tape that they have to go to, the lesson plans, the everything with dealing with faculty. Um, and I just couldn't do it. I, I needed to, um, I, and I probably curse too much. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're working with kids, <laughs> you really got to limit yourself there, don't, don't you? So, yeah. So then I went and I said, all right, well, fuck, I have to like now change my major. Figure out what you want. Yeah. And I essentially went to my advisor. This is when I was at Penn State. And I said, I got to change my major. I can't do this, but I really don't know what I want to do. And she said, great. You're going to just transfer into human development and family studies. And I said, what does that mean? She said, it means you go to grad school. And I said, okay, great. And wow, that she, is, was, she was very direct. And that is how I bought another year to figure out what the hell I was doing. <laughs> but I feel like I was always the person my friends came to for relationship advice. And I always... Liked telling people what to do. <laughs> and um, I, my mom's a therapist, so I always was like, oh, I'm never going to be a therapist. But of course, you know, I am literally my mother, mm-hmm. um, really which are. is amazing. She's the most amazing person in the world, even though she will listen to this episode in every episode and correct my grammar. <laughs> so hi, mommy. Um, verse, verse, verses. Um, and so I, yeah, I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to be some type of therapist. And then somebody, I can't remember who, crap, I wish I could remember who, but somebody had said to me, if you have a niche, if you have a specialty, you can actually make more money. Interesting. Because that was my biggest fear. Because I grew up, my mom had always taught me to be independent, always to, you know, make my own money, not be too reliant on a man. Um, and so to me, being able to like sort of financially provide for myself was important. And um, so someone said, okay, if you have a niche, you can make a lot more money. So I was like, all right, what do I like to talk about? And it was sex. So I was like, cool, I guess I'll go be a sex therapist. <laughs> and that was like literally basically the magnitude I ended up finding this program, um, Thomas Jefferson, and had this partnership with Council for Relationships. It yes. had one of the very few programs that had a very specific um, sex therapy specialization for you to become a certified sex therapist. 
Uh, and that was like it, really. I don't have this amazing coming of age. It wasn't that it was this, this important thing. I think I wanted to. I liked the idea of working with sexual trauma survivors for help, having, uh, helping them to have a really healthy and happy sex life. And part of that was because it was my own journey of being mm. a sexual trauma survivor and then um, learning how to have my own positive sexual experiences. So I really liked that whole idea. But it, it wasn't, you know, this great story. It was kind of just like other shit didn't work out. I just kept pivoting. I think that like that's the problem is that people expect you to just know that it's something. Oh, you know, I think we get this idea. It was not a passion. It wasn't. Oh, this is what I'm truly passionate about. It just kind of and then became a passion over time. Yes, absolutely. I'm obsessed with it now. Yeah, and so that it's more so from doing things you didn't like in order to figure it out. That's kind of the same exact thing that happened to me. So Jen, yes, what's your story? (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah, I mean, I I was always interested in people and connecting with people and relationships. Um, I remember that I wanted to go into psychology. I actually majored in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was told by my mother that I would never make any money of course. as which a therapist. Is, which is totally the myth. That's a it myth. is a myth. Yeah. Um, told I would never make money. I needed to go into the business world. And so, of course, I listened because I had no idea what I wanted to do, um, but still really enjoyed psychology. Moved to New York. I know I've told this story before, so I'll, t- I'll tell it quick. Yeah. Moved to New York, um, had a business marketing job in a luxury consulting firm, and I was fucking miserable. Yeah. So miserable. Now, Just would you say that was like the height of your depression? Because I know your anxiety was really heightened in college, but would you say your depression was like... Um, yeah, but I would say I had more like energy behind it because Mm -hmm. I did like I through that process, like applied to grad school. I did like things. I took the GRE because I was so miserable that like it wasn't you weren't paralyzed. I wasn't paralyzed by my depression. But yeah, I was fucking miserable. And being in New York, New York is just not the place for me. So anyway, um, I I, uh, we just have to say that Je- we're here <laughs> recording with Jen's dog, who literally is just humping a bear. I so told him to. I told him to keep himself distress. busy. I know. <laughs> He's if keeping himself hear, very busy. If you hear a little something in the background. It's Louie. That would be Louie. Yep. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, moved to New- uh, moved just applied to grad school, finally got to grad school, decided it was the right fit. Emily came up to me and told me that we were going to be best friends. Mm-hmm. And it was true. Right? That's my story. And honestly, um, I had to go Why through. did you choose to become an MFT and not a... There's so many different ways to be a therapist, right? There's LPCs, there's LCSWs, there's LMFT. I mean, there's like a million things. Where did MFT so come from So I've actually you? always been fascinated by relationships, mm-hmm. like couples specifically that I always wanted to be a couples therapist I had been in a bunch of I was like one of those serial daters who's like always and honestly they were just yeah they were just so healthy so healthy of course (laughs) aren't all your younger relationships so healthy they're just the healthiest anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner the planning the shopping the prep figuring out the timing it's a little heavy to carry huh same that's why I am so grateful for hungry root The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. 
Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. Uh, I was in a bunch of relationships, went through a ton of breakups, so and I got through it. So I think that I was just always fascinated by relationships. Yeah. Um, whether it was romantic or friendships, I just like found it very interesting how people react and how people change in relationships and how it affects them. And so that's why I got pulled more so to becoming a MFT mm-hmm. over anything else. Do that um, well, yeah. But I did see the sex therapy certification and decided like that'd be really fucking cool yeah, and also like it's thing. an important part of couples yes work. absolutely so um so it was really pulled to jefferson pulled to the internship just yeah. as you said um and and the rest is history right. but it's not history it's we're not about history. to talk about it so, okay so then here's the so, so yours is i walked up to you so here is the difference between jen and i yes. i am a barnacle i will find someone and i think a lot <laughs> of this has to do that my best friend to this day is who I have grown up next door to. Mm-hmm. I have had the same best friend since I was three years old. So like even when I was three years old, I walked right into her house and I was like, this, this girl's going to be my friend. Like <laughs> I was like, I need something. And that was probably because I had an older brother that didn't like me very much. Mm. And I was like, I better find some of this because this motherfucker hates me at home. Very resilient. And I better, <laughs> I better do it. I like to pivot, man. <laughs> and so I have pivot. always drawn, I've always like liked to have someone in my life and I have always, you know, but not always necessarily relationships. It was always female friendships. Mm-hmm. I think I grew up in a home where my mom put a lot of importance on female relationships and friendships Mm. and 
So I've always loved that. So I even starting out this program, I was like, I'm going to need a <laughs> friend in this program. Like I am only going to get through this if there is some type of social aspect for me. And cue in, I am at orientation looking around. And we were at this orientation, right? So Jefferson's a medical school where we went. So we're at this orientation that's doctors and pharmacists. And like, and our program was like 1%. Like yeah. our program is like the smallest. How many people did we have? 17? 17 program yeah people 17 people entire program. program right it's a really really small group so Very i'm looking small. around like i better fucking find someone <laughs> and i looked at jen and i'm like this girl has some cool bracelets on <laughs> that's so nice and i said this girl has got some cool bracelets i don't remember what I they are walked right up to her and i said you're going to be my best friend like, i was just like no i'm gonna claim it and so i was a dog peeing on my territory you absolutely I don't know what else and was. so it was perfect because my idea going into grad school was I'll put i'm just head. gonna put my head down i'm gonna study if i make friends great if not that's okay. I will just get through. Yeah. Um, clearly that didn't happen. No, I was not going to allow that to happen. <laughs> no, I allow that to yeah. happen. And I would say in our, in our friendship grew tremendously quickly because it also was helpful to study, right? So like really our friendship came with being study partners together yes. and doing the workload. Um, and also learning when you're learning about yourself. So our, okay, so our whole program, the first year was essentially group therapy. Yeah. That, so, the, so the program that we went to was all about you have to know yourself as a person and you cannot do any work with your clients that you haven't done yourself. So all the intense therapy work we had to do with ourselves. So the first year was the most draining. I mean, like our first day of grad school, they said to us, you are born into this. You are called. Yeah. Not all of you are suited to be therapists. Yeah. And most of you will not leave with your relationships. Most of you will end up broken up or divorced. Which was true. Which was true. Including for you. Absolutely. Broke up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a rough year that year. Yeah. So our first year of grad school was just doing a lot of self-work, a lot of emotional growth. It was pretty hard. I it, mean, was, it was exhausting. It was emotionally exhausting. But I think, like, you know, when you first meet friends, you don't do that emotional no. work together, you know? So it's... You're not sitting and talking about early childhood trauma. Exactly. So it bonds you in a completely different way. But at the same time, I think it was also bringing up a lot of shit for both of us. And we were very young. So young. We were pretty young at the time. And so, like, our brains were still developing. And, like, we were still learning how to function. Yeah, I was 23. You were 24. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. So young. And so, so I think that it was... It was just such a transitional time. And we grew a lot together, I think... Yeah. During that time period. Yeah. And we got in one fight we talked about in One fight school. we've said before, which was <laughs> I was going through something with my now husband, which I can't even, now I can never remember what it is. And Jen like answered me as a therapist. And I was like, don't talk to me. Like, oh, I was thinking about oh, a what, different fight. What other fight? I think you were upset about your husband now who is going to a school far away. So this was, so yeah, so my Husband. Was it our first year? Oh, yeah. My first year, my husband, so we were long, di- now my husband, at the time my boyfriend, we were long distance. He was living in Pittsburgh and I was in Philadelphia. And then he was applying for grad schools and he got into UPenn and Carnegie Mellon. So nice. So smart. So, so fucking so right? smart. And so I'm like, you have to go to UPenn. But Carnegie Mellon has a much better robotics program. Mm-hmm. And he went to Carnegie Mellon because it was the right thing for his career. Damn. And I, I was like so. So upset. Like, so yes. when you found that out. I like for some I forget what I was going through but I was having an anxiety attack about something I don't remember what it was okay so like you needed me at a time where like I was struggling and I couldn't and I think that that was like a point you don't remember that no really I only remember the time where I said don't be I remember that well that lasted like two seconds that was two seconds I was like okay No, yeah. this one I don't. And we actually got into a fight. I, I mean, it was like, for us, fighting is nothing. It, and it's so, talking about and our we, feelings and maybe crying together. 
So, like, we've gotten some questions that we're going to answer yeah, at some point, but about the fights, and they're gonna, it's going to be a hilarious conversation. Yeah, it's going to be a hilarious conversation. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, so, so we're in grad school. It's this hard thing. And then, basically, towards the end of it, like I said, my mom is a therapist. I knew a lot of therapists in private practice. Um, by the end of this program, I'm like, you want to know what? At this point, we, we I was working in um, community mental health, and then we were both doing community placements. Mm. I was in a transitional housing center. You were in a school, No. What was your community placement? You were in school. Didn't we do, we were doing that home. You were in a Catholic school because you're Jewish and it was very funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. You I was, was in a school. Church with them. And like, I don't work with kids. I think no. that was funny too. <laughs> that was hilarious. You were going to go to church and work with children. Yeah, exactly. With and, they, and they would take me to church every time yes. I was there. So it was yeah, a very was a interesting experience. So, okay. So basically we were just, our experience was amazing learning experience, but it really wasn't the uh, population and the place we wanted to be working. Um, and there was just like a lot of things about, you know, older people in the field of, you know, like, okay, so here's like a really, here's an example of like an older person in the field, what they're trained to do. If you say to your clinician, oh, wait, how old are you? Like, you're just curious. You're just making conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. And then your clinician says, well, what does that mean to you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where I would just be like, I'm in my thirties. You know, like, it's not a big deal. Like we're in our thirties. Right. Like. But so like, so I think it was different because we had some different beliefs about human connection yes. and specifically about women um, and how to connect with women. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we at we get towards the middle of our um, second year mm-hmm. and I'm like, we have got to start a private practice. And Jen's like, no. I was scared. Jen was like, fuck no. I was so scared. And I, I remember this conversation. I remember the first time I was like, oh, fuck, where you said, I just don't know if that's what I want, which is so funny now. That's hilarious. You Wait, were like, why did I say that? You were like, I don't know if I want to be in private practice. What did I want? You, I don't I, know. I think it's it it kind of is on par with my general thing that it takes me a, a while, while to figure out yes. what I want. You always say maybe at first. You it never takes, say I, yes or I no. Really Jen is need a maybe pro- person. It takes me some time to process through things. I, I don't make rash decisions. Yes. So Emily had to present this to me multiple times. Multiple times. And in the meantime, we had a third partner. We had a third partner. We had, when we started the Westchester Therapy Group, it wasn't just Jenna. There was another person involved. And that was pers- someone who actually I was able to convince first because I, I knew that I couldn't financially do this on my own. Yeah. Um, and also I knew I had to do this. And then I was like, I think I think the thing that helped convince me is like, oh shit, now like they're going to be doing this and I'm going to be left Let's out. So you were like, fuck, I'll do it. Like the FOMO got you, right? The FOMO got to me, but it was, I mean, the FOMO worked. It works yes. in some situations. So, okay. So we, so we finish up grad school. Finish up grad school. We start, we decided to open up a practice in Westchester because once again, we were very young at the time, Yes. right? And we decided, and we and had a professor that said to us, the best thing you can do, so it, in so in Philadelphia, where we were both living at the time, where Jen still lives, and we still have the Philadelphia therapy group, we had a professor who said, the best thing you can do is go uh, 30 miles outside the city. There's mm-hmm. too many, there's a lot of therapists in the city. Mm-hmm. So we literally looked at a map and we're like, what is 30 miles about outside the city? And it was Westchester, Pennsylvania. And people, I remember people at the time were like, did you do your market research on this? And we're we were like, like no. yeah, I guess you could consider it market research. Yeah, sure. We just knew that we were young, in our 20s. It was next to a college. It was near a college campus. And that was going to be our best chance of getting clients. Because we didn't think anyone in their 40s and 50s want to take it seriously for couples counseling. Right. Which apparently wasn't true. Not true at all. Yeah. So um, so don't underestimate yourself Absolutely. if you're new. So if you think that you are too young, and that's like something that Ash talks about her impo- with imposter syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. That like, do not think that's a reason. We found that we totally underestimated ourselves at the beginning. We priced ourselves too low. We underestimated our population clientele. 
and and you know if you value yourself and you really recognize what you can do you will be able to give that to others but it's hard when you're younger and you're just of out course. of the field and this is the, one of the questions we get all the time that people we, are very hesitant yes. and we were too and like right and so like so for people like so here's the thing is we didn't take out loans no we essentially found the cheapest actually the office space we ended up first starting the westchester therapy room was a basement that was not even for rent it was just that we said <laughs> it was so cheap oh my god this la- we had this landlord showing us places all around and we like couldn't afford any of them and we were like do you have anything cheaper anything and he's like i have this old space that, that I like you probably use. wouldn't want had no heat no air conditioning he was like you're not gonna want it we're like we'll take it right it was garbage <laughs> remember the um we in, in order to have heat we would have to turn on the we had to buy no oh. we had to turn on that um oh, the fireplace oh, it, and no, then when we was, would close the door i would oh almost my, pass out like a gas from the gas but fireplace it was, it was not well ventilated. It, was it was a bad so bad the only thing we could afford and we didn't want to take out loans yeah so three of us split that rent and we rented furniture. We couldn't afford furniture. It was so cheap. <laughs> we couldn't afford furniture yet. It we was... rented furniture, which actually turned out to be so stupid. What we just but we couldn't. Have, if we, we couldn't. were ever going to do this again, though, we would we would just take out a credit card that had zero percent interest yeah, for fifteen months and, and put the, like, and the furniture you, on it. But we were idiots. Just on the business end of it, we didn't create an actual business entity until later on we, that were, we all were separate splitting LLCs. we were yeah we were all separate llc's under this overarching the, business name of the Westchester therapy so because we get a lot of questions on like how do you split it you yeah. know like what's the business end of it so and so at the LLCs, time it yeah. was separate. all money was kept separate separate llc's we split everything you know three ways mm-hmm. we had rented furniture we did and this all was of our in, own paperwork this was in 2000 we, we never hired a 14. lawyer we did like you know legal zoom and like different like just the, anything the cheapest way we could do it ourselves we built our own website yes jen and i sat in my apartment oh my god I we sat in my apartment for nine hours one day <laughs> nine Order i remember food, that did not so leave, well and we did all the content for the website in one day yes we and did everything on our, we, we did anything everything ourselves to make it cheap. we did not pay people we really we had no money yeah know. we had no money and also at the time we were both working at other jobs so that was the other, so that's the other way that we were able to finance this is yes. that i was working essentially at like this in-home coaching and crap. i was once again working at a school with children <laughs> what was going on with me and then that's how we were able to afford the westchester therapy group at the beginning right and so this was in 2014 yeah right here was the other thing we did though the other thing, which you might also not remember, I know. is we sat in the office one day for like five hours and we wrote letters to like every I business. I do remember that. Every business we could find. Like every doctor's office, every acupuncture, every um We sent out school, intake packets. Anything. We sent out information about ourselves. I mean, we just we kept putting our names and out there. We researched who would, and any therapist, we could, any therapist in the area that we could take out to lunch, we took out to lunch. Yeah. We we connected with everyone we could possibly connect with. Yes. And the thing is, this is a time in which your imposter syndrome might come up, right? Oh We're like God. these young girls so who young. are going in, connecting with people. But but you got to fake it till you make it. You have to, right? And also, we just came from like such a one down position of like, this is your area you know we're couples counselors and we that was the, that was the other thing we did so we met with people that were like drug and alcohol counselors and individuals people and who weren't in stuff, the same who weren't in the same field so they wouldn't therapy. see any type of way about us um but people did i mean we had one professor that made said 
few negative comments towards us when we started. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure it was difficult for them that they're like training us and then we're opening up this practice that maybe is in competition with them and we're so young. Like I can imagine that being really... Absolutely. Challenging for them. So, okay, so that's sort of like what happened, right? So then that... Three years is what we did. It took us three years to really grow it, I would say. Oh, yeah. I mean, it took us three months to get our first client. And and I remember we were sitting in my house, um, you know, probably doing some sort of marketing something, whatever. And we did, we worked constantly. It actually constantly. was one of one of our favorite parts of owning the business is marketing it. We actually yeah. really enjoyed that it. process. So at the beginning, we were doing some sort of marketing and we got one call one call into our, into our office saying that they wanted therapy saying that they saw our sign yeah and Emily said to me this is a sign this is gonna work out yeah and I was like I hope you're right <laughs> because clearly I'm the skeptical one <laughs> Emily just reads signs and apparently Anything. everything's gonna work out I just but yeah. it's true it ended up working out and then we didn't you know really start getting clients into the business until August, December, you know, into and it was December. still so slow. It was I mean, still it really, so slow. So it we, took three years. I didn't. I think I didn't quit my other job until March. Okay, right. So yeah. So I mean, it took us, and then three years, I'd say, for us to really be. Um, to, to stable. Be, yeah, stable. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so then. The thing we get, so I think this should lead us into some of the questions, actually. I think it does. I think it's a good one. Because, and then we'll get into some of the other details because I know what the questions are. All right. Hardest aspect of being a business owner? Being on all the time. Um, Now, I would say it's really different now that we have therapists at our practice. At the beginning, the hardest part was like um, balancing between uh, personal and professional. Yeah of like our lives and now I would say it's having other clinicians and having that responsibility for them to be getting intakes and them to be making money and like for my that has been the hardest part for me people pleasing I think to the like uncertainty of it right like when you work for someone else you're getting a paycheck you know what paycheck you're getting there's a lot of uncertainty there and so there are times and we did this at the beginning of our careers more so we still do it sometimes where like we will have this influx of clients right and so we will take on these clients and then we'll be really burnt out and then clients will drop off natural progression and then we start freaking out right and then we (laughs) oh really Jen did this maybe happen to one of us oh very last week yeah Yeah. was it both of us (laughs) (laughs) mine was a month ago yours was last week sorry (laughs) so we still do this so there's still fear right no matter what like there's still this fear of like is it all gonna fall apart and and that's the thing I think that the fear is okay it helps motivate us in a lot of ways like it's okay to have if you didn't have anxiety at all like there's part of anxiety that's actually really productive right if and and me and Emily have like a pretty healthy sometimes healthy yeah amount of anxiety and um have the ability to channel that towards the business so you have to use your anxiety in a a productive way yeah okay um advice to therapists starting their own practice and first steps low overhead the best thing you could do is low overhead you are the product right that's what jen always says yes so like, you're not creating a product. So your yeah. overhead doesn't have to be high as long as your rent is low. Yeah, have your rent be low. Reach out to people. And you don't have to take it. If you can find someone, you don't have to go into business with someone to share an office space with them. You can share an office space with a waiting room to get yeah. your rent down lower. It doesn't mean you have to share money or any of those things. That's something you can always keep in mind. If you're going in with someone else, I would say the thing that we did not do that I would now always recommend is have a lot more conversations about money 
and responsibility. And yeah. this is all the stuff we'll get into with it. We had a third business partner that we clearly do not have anymore. And here's a lot of the reasons of why that fell apart. With yeah. This and I think I think that when we went in, once again, we, we weren't fully prepared to have these conversations. Right. Like we, we had no fucking idea what you were doing. We, no clue. No. We had no idea what we were doing. And so over time, you learn that. And it's OK to learn on the job. Yeah. Um, it's it just okay, is. It, it, it is what it is. And you have to be OK with that. You have to be OK with making mistakes and learning from them. Yeah. That you're not going to go into it perfect. Um, and so just be okay with making mistakes and learning from those mistakes. It doesn't mean you're a failure. You're just going to pick yourself back up and keep going yeah. if it's something you're passionate about. thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. So first steps. So I would say for start, first steps, have an idea about what what's your why. Right. For Jen and I, it was really about that we had had so many negative experiences ourselves with bad. um, I shouldn't say bad therapists. With therapists, we didn't connect with. Therapists that didn't fit for us. That didn't fit for us. That like, you know, we didn't see their personalities and we left feeling not good and not connected. So I would say like, so for us, it was all about like being really relatable Mm -hmm. and no psychobabble bullshit. Mm -hmm. Right. So for you, you have to know what your why is. 
um, before your how. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, reach out to people. Like, connect yes. with as many people as possible. Um, people in the area and... Because you also don't know who has a full caseload that would be happy to refer out. We had somebody come Absolutely. to us a few months ago um, who was starting private practice in Westchester. And we've sent them, a, we've bunch sent them a bunch of people. <laughs> right? So, like, you know, like, you have no idea who's... Also, they sent us, us cookies or something. Oh if you God, send they, people cookies, oh they are going to send, 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 send them food. Us. Um, we love it. Um, so yeah, those are the things. Okay, how are business and podcast tasks designated as one person visionary, one integrated? So I would say at the beginning, we did everything together. We sat in my apartment. Yeah. And we did everything together. Now it's really different. Now typically when we're doing stuff, if it's a video or, or an Instagram takeover or one of those things, I typically write up the content, send it to Jen. Um, she... And she makes it pretty and puts it in some normal, sort of like any people can hear it because my brain kind of <laughs> is so ADHD. <laughs> but I come up with the content and then Jen sort of does the editing of all that and makes it nice and pretty and is able to sort of do it. And so here's the thing is that the way that we got to that point is we that did not choose it. We didn't. We didn't it. Right. We did. We didn't designate it. We kind of just we realized what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. Yes. Right. And so, um, you know, it was easier for us to follow through with what felt right right for us and what we felt connected yeah. to um and we're just very open with those things between each other yeah right um so there is no real designation we're also like pretty easy going with each other yeah, i would say so you yeah. know like yeah. if you're having a busy week i'm like okay no problem i'll take it over Same thing, right? like, the and next vice few versa weeks, like jen is moving into a house in the next few weeks so i made sure that we don't have anything on the dock at those weeks yeah right? we're like, like very understanding very of each aware. other's yes. schedules so doing that with any sort of business partner is essential yes um and so like and like one of the things and like also i talked about earlier before we started recording is like a lot of this is love yeah like a lot of the reason she said that earlier before we recorded i was like that's so nice i mean part of it is i love jen so much and you love me so much and we truly like look out for one another yeah because we care we genuinely care about you're successful i'm successful yeah we have no competition there's nothing it's just about this we work and the same thing with our therapist that we have right if they're successful we're successful so this is not about like we just we're also just not competitive and we were talking about at the at the beginning we might have been a little more competitive with each other because we were insecure with ourselves and if that's coming out for you it's important to ask you what's going on with me as opposed to like what's the other person doing the more you question the other person, the less control you have. So you really have to work through what's going on for you and how it's coming out in your relationship. So I think that was a process for us um, in terms of like figuring that out between the two yes. of us. Why do you want to start a podcast? Uh, <laughs> we had a glass of wine we one had day. had a drink. No, I had done some, um, I had done a few podcasts where I was a guest on specifically Betcha's Brides, who was so wonderful. We got a lot of positive feedback from those. And I just sort of said, we could probably do this too. And it I was mean, one of those things where Emily once again had to convince me. I had to convince you. And but, in order to convince wait, me, she had to get me a little drunk. But another <laughs> thing that had happened, it was also after I became a mom. Yeah. And I needed a different type of balance. It's pretty exhausting seeing clients. Like, you know, it, it is, it's really hard being a therapist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's emotionally exhausting. And after I became a mom, I said, I can't do this the same way. So we had to figure out some way to t- sort of diversify our marketing. Mm-hmm. And the podcast was a great way for us to do do that and we kind of just started it not thinking anything would come from it and you know now we're about to have i know almost fifty thousand listens i saw wow damn 
Mm-hmm. That's scary. Yeah. Scary, I mean, yeah. this was a hard transition for me. I am not this one to not talk a, about for myself. For me, this is really easy. For it Jen, was, was much easier hard. for Emily. I'm much more comfortable one-on-one, um, but it was a hard I wish we had still had the recordings of the first episode that oh, we tried to record. Where I Jen, was like I mean, dying. she's having a panic attack. I mean, she is flipping. I, I could not handle it. She it's could not do it. Yeah. too much This is for easy me. for me. Now I'm much more comfortable, but I mean, part of owning a business is pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Out of your comfort zone. That yeah. it's the only way to grow. Um, I was uncomfortable with starting the business at first. It just takes time for me to get used to something. And so yeah. that's okay. You just have to acknowledge what's happening for you and push yourself past your comfort zone. Um, what's it like to be a therapist? It's really hard. It's hard. <laughs> it really... <laughs> we have to start to rush through these. Uh, um, it's very hard. I don't know. It's, uh, a, it's amazing. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's one... When you, feel, when you feel connected to your clients, it's like a unbelievable experience. But if you don't set boundaries for yourself, it's absolutely exhausting I mean it's hard you can get secondhand trauma I mean some stuff you hear about in the room is so difficult to hear Mm -hmm. and yeah you have to take care of yourself so that's the number one thing how do you prevent that burnout have peer consultations have a peer group have take other therapist if someone listen you might have your partner or friends you need other therapists you need other people in the field that understand what this experience is like. Yeah. So the best thing you could do if you don't have that in a business partner is a peer supervision group. Absolutely. And you have to take care of yourself outside of therapy, right? Oh, like yeah. Do something else. It is okay. Like, like uh, I felt so much pressure to like read therapy books after school, but like it's just to be inundated with it all the time it's is so absolutely hard. exhausting. You need a break. It's okay to give yourself yeah. a break. You don't have to be in it 24 seven. So, and in order to be there for your clients, you have to be there for yourself first. Yeah. Have you ever had disagreements and how did you resolve them? So this goes into, oof. So our only big disagreement we've ever had is when I said I was going to leave Westchester therapy. Oh group. God. So scary. <laughs> so, okay. So, so <laughs> That was the worst time. That was the worst time. So, so as we talked about before, we had a, another business partner who probably wasn't the best fit for us, yeah, I absolutely. would say. It was just fit. Phenomenal, amazing phenomenal clinician. Oh my clinician. God. Um, but wasn't a good probably fit. Probably a better clinician than either of us. Right. right. Wasn't a good fit for us. Um, it was affecting Emily more than it was affecting me. And so she would call me and talk to me about it. We would have conversations about it. Um, Emily was getting past her breaking point and um, said to me, you know, and I think it's getting to the point where I just need to be on my own. And I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> that is that is where I but hit my is, breaking point. I mean, I can remember sitting with you and I said, listen, I think this is it for me. I think I'm going to leave the Westchester therapy. I said, that's not happening. You guys can have it. I'm not going to take any money or do any. I said, I'm not going to, you know, cause a thing. But I'm going to leave and I'm going to start my own practice. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the case. Yeah. And the thing, the one of the mistakes that we made is that we didn't address our. We made a lot of mistakes. For we, this, right. for this particular but one, one of the mistakes that we made is that we didn't address our emotions soon enough. Soon enough, um, in person, we didn't have difficult conversations as Which, early yeah. as we should have. Absolutely. Um, and so, part of owning a business, part of owning a business with other people, is being comfortable. I mean, as comfortable as possible in having those really difficult conversations yeah. because we waited way too long. Absolutely. We yeah. let we let resentment build up. We got too frustrated. Yeah. Um, and that's on us. We didn't make that yeah, decision. For sure. We more so talked about it amongst ourselves. And so, it's just essential that you have those. Which conversations. is anything that can happen in any group of friends right and so like here's the thing is talk about it like I think three is a hard number it is I think three is a very hard number to own a business with if mm-hmm. I'm being perfectly honest it, you know it's hard to own a business with someone else it's really hard to own a business with two people yeah um so that's something to keep in mind I know we had a few questions about people wanting to go into private practice I wouldn't recommend three <laughs> <laughs> 
honestly. And but it, you know, if you're going in with three, you have to be have the same values. You have to yeah. have the same vision. I think mm-hmm. one of the tough things is maybe we didn't all have the same vision. I think, and and there wasn't enough. Um, communication. It wasn't enough communication. And also, Jen and I are such over-functioners. It's really easy. Like, if you really think a problem. Out, and, like, a good thing to ask yourself is, growing up in school, who were you in a group project? Because if you were the person who did everything for everyone and never hated your whole group, you know what? It's going to be harder for you to own business with someone. Which maybe was unless me. Unless you find another over-functioner. Like, Jen and I. Right? So, so, so the <laughs> tough thing is that, like, we... You know how they say that, like, cliche thing, opposites attract? That is so true. Is that, like, over-functioners tend to more so be attracted to like under functioners yeah right and then there there's this like very magnetic dynamic that happens but it becomes pretty toxic yeah so somehow emily and i were connected to each other where we're both over functioners in a lot of ways i think part of that is we're both very empathetic and care a ton about each other and each other's well-being well, that it, wait so, so when someone says how do you resolve those things i think what it does get down to is i truly believe you always have my best interest in mind. Yeah. I truly know in my core that you love me and that you like care for me and my life and success. And I believe that we have like the same values around that. Right. I, I mean, I think that like building that trust yes. was part of like our process, right. Whether yeah. it was in school, like I think that took time yes. to build that trust, to build that. And, and we also have very separate lives. Yes. Oh, we were talking about yes. this. Here's another part. Jen and I do not have the same group of friends. I love all of your friends. You love, love your all friends. My friends, right? Love we, hanging you know, out with them. Like right at a wedding or at a birthday but I party think, or something. But I think it's so but, helpful to mm-hmm. have that separation yeah. because we're not bringing anything personal into our business relationship. We're not doing double dates. We don't do group hangouts. Yeah. You know, that but, it really is very. There's yeah. no like codependency there no. even though we joke about that but like there no. we really do have very good boundaries like we talk about our personal lives but it's not like we're never like dumping on each no, other never. expecting the other one to take care of us in some way we really do the work to take care of ourselves personally we're also both very independent and so to be able to bring that independence into our relationship and then mm-hmm. to have the conversation about it, I think just we really align so you just have to make sure your business relationship is the most important thing it is yeah. essential yeah. to work work on that and it might take time it might take a ton of conversations but it's so important to make sure that's one of the strongest relationships it's like being in a marriage well don't you think also if we were hanging out all the time outside of this it would just get because we would probably kill each other after a while when you're hanging out with anyone yes over a long period of time like we have such a good ability to separate that um and so i think that that's part of it too is that it's it's almost like when you live with one of your really good friends Mm -hmm. it's just it's hard it's hard it's just so hard right um and so i think that that was part of it too okay how do you go into private practice with another person with the reality being that it probably won't be 50 man i love the goddamn truth (laughs) it probably won't be 50 50 split of responsibility that each one of you will have to take on more or less in some aspects at certain times i mean yeah i mean i went on maternity leave for three months and jen had to run westchester therapy group and i was like listen girl i fucking got this but we had a bunch of conversations about it right i said it is what it is i mean that's what it is it's It's communication. communication and and we were very open about it i said we own a business together this is how it is if I ever went on maternity leave, which probably won't happen, maybe I'll get another dog. Yeah. Emily would take over. I know I mean, she would. Went, when I went to my honeymoon, you took over. Didn't you? And, yeah. Three which weeks. Was a long yeah. ass time. Yeah, now. Um, 
now to think about what. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I think you have to know when you're going into something, it's not always going to be 50 50. Same thing. It's almost never going to be 50 50. Exactly. Right? So you have to say, okay, like there's a lot of weekends when there's stuff happening in the office. If stuff has to be hung, painted, done. Emily is, lives closer to the office. I live closer to the office. And also, my husband does so much stuff Thank for us, God. right? So, like, there's weekends that I'm in the office for eight hours and Jen's not there at all. Not I doing shit. I don't leave the office being resentful <laughs> towards Jen. That's just part of what I do that, like, works for us. Right. Now, there's days Jen works on our website for hours and hours. She, she doesn't leave resentful of me because we just have it split up in that way. So, I do think that for us, this happened organically. But if you can have a conversation at the beginning of which tasks work for which people, who's going to run the social media, you know, like versus who's going to do the email list, you know, any of these things, that is a really helpful conversation to have because it's not 50-50. Fair is not equal. Same thing in your marriage. Yeah. And and I think that bringing that into any of your relationships is important. And I think that that's unrealistic to expect that things are going to be exactly equal all the time. Yeah. You just have to know that each of you has your best interest at heart, that you're not taking advantage of each other in some way. And I think that's kind of important. Like the, the trust aspect, yes. I think, is so important in the yeah. relationship. Okay, how do you start those necessary but difficult conversations, um, finances and such, so that they are productive and do not interfere with your friendship? This is a really hard one. And it took us, I mean, we've been in business together for six years. Um, I would say it took us three to be able to have these conversations. Well, I think, I think too, because we were kind of like floundering and figuring out what direction the business was going in. Now we have um, a much better direction, Um, but it took us some time. This kind of goes back to like, it's okay to make mistakes. Obviously it costs you financially to make mistakes. But we made tons. We we made a ton. ton But you have, if you, like if you hold on to those mistakes and you beat you yourself up, you have to let them go. You have to move forward. You have to so, learn okay, from them. So I would say, so here it is. Having the utmost compassion and empathy for yourself allows you to have more compassion and empathy for your business partner. That's oh God, what I would that's say. beautiful. Because I know that I constantly fuck up with Westchester Therapy Group. I can understand if Jen does, right? We had a few weeks ago, you like, oh, somebody got mispaid. But it wasn't your fault, actually, what it turns out. Right? Oh, right, and right, And you right. were like, oh, man, I really fucked up. And I'm like, yeah. who cares? Like, we're yeah. just fucking yes. business, right? You know, like, <laughs> Like, the person, like, what? Like, I mean, they were mispaid like, 75 bucks. It's a mistake. It could happen to fucking end. It's human error, right? But because I'm able to have a ton of compassion towards myself, it makes it very easy to have, like, full compassion towards you. Because you have to know that both of you are human. Everyone's so human, yes. Like, I think sometimes we look at people who are business owners and we're like, oh, they know everything that they're doing. They're not going to make any mistakes. They've gotten to this point for a reason. They're perfect. That is not true. You're yeah. going to make mistakes through this. I think also we have seen each other at probably some of our lowest points. Yes. Like we had a weekend. We, we went to a networker two years ago. Oh, my God. I was at a point where you just, you wanted to be engaged so bad. And I was going through, this is really the height of my fertility. I was about to start IVF. Oof. And I was struggling so much. And like, so like we have gone through very difficult things of pain and suffering in our personal lives. Yeah. That because we're in business mindset, when we get to each other to talk about it, to talk to talk about it, to talk about it, um, it allows it to be that like I have like so much compassion towards you. Like I was going through this really hard thing, but I never thought like mine's worse than Jen's. Yeah. I just thought we were both suffering. Like we're both, I think the empathy in our relationship yes. is one of the most yeah. important things. Okay. Ready. I know you both say you have trouble turning off work at times. How do you separate work and everything else when you're in business with a friend? It's really fucking hard. Um, I don't know if we turn off work. We never do. Well, yeah, I, think I think we're we both, be honest. I also think we're both very passionate about what we do and building the business. And so 
it's kind of enjoy like right now we're like having like a quote unquote relaxing day but like we do work the entire time we work the entire time not because we're putting pressure on ourselves but it's because actually it's something we like really feel passionate about okay so then this is what i would say we i don't know if we've gotten better at turning off work but we're doing better about making financial decisions to get help like hiring someone yes because i think we can now we can right so (laughs) now we're in a position where we have a little extra money where jen and i are able to hire someone to help us a little bit which is helpful which took a which is a huge thing so that is a big thing so i don't know if we get better but we're definitely getting better at delegating well i also think we're getting better at trusting people outside of the two of us that's hard that is really hard for us relinquishing control Ooh, and i think i love control <laughs> control is my favorite like, i think we, I, mean, <laughs> I think we have the, the ability to relinquish control between the two of us but outside of the two of us it's very hard and so i think that we're starting to learn to relinquish. i mean i can't even relinquish control to my husband right like <laughs> i my husband's like what should i do with the baby i'm like like <laughs> Like, that is so... It's so hard. Well, especially when you build something together, right? And it's hard to, like, relinquish that control and let go of control. And so I think that the more that we learn to build that with other people, too, you're creating a network of support for yourself um, in a way that's really helpful. I don't... We're not even answering the question because now we're just going into (laughs) how important it is to, like... Um, how do you like uh, separate work? We don't don't really know because business is so important. We enjoy it. We're not just, like in it because we feel forced to we actually like really enjoy doing what we do we have here's what i would say i don't know if we turn it off but i know that we have a lot of worth outside yeah of our work as well that is part of our relationships being a good daughter being a good sister being a good friend both and both jen and i take those roles and like very well and seriously in our lives mm-hmm. to be and i also think we try to be like good people with values you yeah know? like we try to like live we our try life to find the way. balance yeah yeah okay new to private practice because we have to finish up but I know. good god new to private practice how do i grow my client base here's the number one thing you're gonna do first you're gonna start off you're gonna get on psychology today you're gonna get on good therapy you're gonna get on therapy you know there's so many different things put yourself in those databases the best way you're gonna get clients is word of mouth the way that you're gonna get word of mouth is from your referrals Doctors, I am serious. Write a letter to everyone in your area. And request an in-person. I mean, I know that's hard you, right now. No, but like request yeah. request a meeting with them. Whether you're going to do Zoom right now, yeah, if that's the only option. This is actually might be a really good time to do this. Yes. Because people might have more time to do or these meetings. No or have no time. Yeah. Which is another possibility. But give yourself the opportunity to connect with people. That's something for me personally felt very uncomfortable for me. Yes. Because I'm more introverted. That was easy for me. It was easy for you. Yes. And so I would but call people up, email them anything. Right? Push yourself and, out of your comfort and you zone. Also can't get um discouraged if you don't hear back i mean we probably initially sent out 100 packets and heard back from two right you have no idea one of the best words of advice i've ever got about marketing is someone needs to um, hear your name five times before it registers mm. so if they hear your name one time on google one time from a word of uh, mouth one time from a brochure in a doctor's office you know like think about it like you have to just sort of keep going for it but word of mouth you know take your relationships with your clients seriously yeah if you have a good relationship of the client they're going to speak highly of you word of mouth is the most powerful thing and be yourself I think that oftentimes when we don't feel comfortable in what we're doing or we're going growing our client ba- client base that we're like trying to copy off of others or, or be like this like professional persona when really just like the more comfortable you are being yourself the more other people are whether it's other professionals or clients are going to feel connected to you so just be okay with being exactly who you are you don't have to be this like overly professional person just like connect with people exactly who you are yes okay last one 
What helped you deal with any negative responses you got along the way from people? Well, you know, we just cried silently to ourselves for a while. <laughs> we can't move in. Um, I don't know. I, I think, you know, here's like a really great example. Okay. A few, this is like, I'm going to die at the store. Okay. A few months ago, I Google myself. Every so often we Google ourselves. It's a really dangerous <laughs> thing to do. I wouldn't recommend it, but it's something you do as a business owner. You just want to make sure no one's saying anything horrible. Yeah, uh-huh. I Googled myself, right? Bad choice. There was a bad choice. There was a Reddit thread that came up, and this is like the most ridiculous story. Somebody had wrote in this subreddit thread of like the West. It was like the our, whatever our area that we do therapy in. Someone said, oh, "I'm looking for a therapist that has a dog in their office. I really like having a dog, right?" And so, actually, my supervisor. Thomas Wood wrote back and said, Emily Beerley at the Westchester Therapy Group has her dog with her at work. And the guy said, thank you so much. I'm going to work out. Somebody else. <laughs> who are you? I don't know. Somebody who had a very negative experience with therapy and a very negative experience with a female therapist and a very negative experience <laughs> with a couple's therapist goes to my bio, copy and paste my bio, puts it on the Reddit thread and Didn't says. Didn't even know you. Has no, this guy's never met me. He has no idea who I am. Copy and paste it on this Reddit thread and goes, oh, this girl's full of bullshit. She says it's a privilege to work with her clients. She's going to take her money and fuck you up. I mean, right? Like, the worst. <laughs> this person does not know me. And so <laughs> my was so upset. I was so upset. My initial response was like, oh, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, what's a, what's, a, what's a girl to do? Um, And then I had to <laughs> remind myself, this person does not know me. They had a bad experience with someone else. They just Googled me and caught me and pasted it and then tore me apart. It has nothing to actually say about me and everything to say about them. But it still sucks. You're still allowed to have the pity party initially and then still say it's really nothing about you. And here's the thing. It's you're going to get some sort of negative response. And no matter what you do, Expect it. Yeah, Yeah. just expect it. Also, the bigger you get, the more you build. Like there's going to be some sort of negative response the more people you connect with. And so it's okay if you if you anticipate it and you say this is going to happen um just allow allow it to happen work through it let yourself feel it and then get to the other end of it because that person that one person's response doesn't dictate how you feel about yourself yeah. shouldn't dictate that so that's it man those are our questions what it gets down to is we're the luckiest goddamn people in the world. We're, We're the luckiest so, people that you listen to this shit. But you shit. know what? It took, um, it took some it work. Took, yeah. it's, oh, and it took some heartache. It took we, some pain. I mean, we actively try every single day. We I would do. say that. Constantly. To, to be better people, to be better business owners, we make mistakes every single second of every single day and we just keep trying so if this episode related to you or if or maybe relates to someone else please send it always rate and subscribe because you know we're desperate and let us um, know if you <laughs> have, have no any saying it <laughs> let us know if you have any more questions we really appreciate you listening you as always, always. Um, we love you we love you take care bye-bye bye